Lord, as we go into your word, we ask that by the power of your spirit, your word will have a deliberate impact in our life, helping us to believe what you've done for us and accepting it in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, for in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Happy Easter and Resurrection Sunday to each and every one of us. Uh, welcome to Sunday service. All right, Sylvia, thank you. Welcome to Sunday service. God bless each and every one of us. Happy Easter. Uh, before we go into God's words, okay, no, let's just go to the Bible reading. Let's take our Bible reading from John chapter number 20. I'll read, today will be, will be longer than I will usually do. Um, will be longer, so we'll read long scriptures. John chapter number 20 from verse 1. Are we there? All right. Happy Easter, everybody. The first day of the week, Comet Mary, Mandaline, Ellie, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seared the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she ran, she ran it and called it to Simon, Simeon Peter, or Simon Peter, and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre. And when, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciples and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooped down and look in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet he, yet he, yet went not, I said I was going to have this issue this morning, because of the Bible I use is at home, and this one is here, yet went he not in, all right, then came at uh, Simeon Peter, or Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulchre, and see the linen clothes, or linen clothes, lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying, in the, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went he in. Also, that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and saw the and saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciple went away again unto their own home. Matthew, chapter number 20, 28. I read from verse one to fifteen. Uh, let, let me throw a joke. There was somebody that said, Jesus has a sepulchre. Where is your sepulchre? Go get your sepulchre. As if, <laughs> as if he was something. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Verse 1, March 28. And uh, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary 
mandolin and the other disciple to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his remnants white as snow. And for fear of him, the keeper did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here for his reason, as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord laid, and go quickly and tell the disciple that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto Galilee. There shall ye see before you, no, yet shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre uh, with fear and great joy, and did run to bring, to bring the disciple his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Hail, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Mm. Mm. Then said Jesus to them, Be not afraid. Go tell the bre my brethren that ye that they go unto Galilee, and they and there shall they see me. And when they were going, behold, some no, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they had assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large amount of money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept while we slept we will while we slept we'll persuade him no no while we slept and if this come to the governor's ear we will persuade him and secure you so they took the money and did as they were taught and this saying is common commonly reported among the Jews unto this day father bless your word in Jesus name amen uh, growing up, we all know there is what we what we call uh, table manners. Now, in every home, there is different type of um, accepted table manners. For example, we growing up, they say you don't eat, you don't talk while you eat on the table. And I'm asking myself, when we go on date or dinner, we eat and we talk, and so we are breaking table manners. So every house have their own table manners, and every um, Every country or every national or every nation has their set pattern. For example, the Americans eat in a certain ways, while the Brits eat in another certain way. And the one I like most is the French. I like the way they eat. I like the way they set their tables. Um, also, we have the way we arrange our bed when we get up from bed. For some of us, that we just jump up from the bed, leave the bed, and the same as you lay your bed, you will lie on it. So uh, if you do not lay the bed well, you will lie on it that way. So every house or every culture, every uh, group of people have a way they arrange their things, the way they set their home. Uh, but I was telling somebody that said the way um, the modern day Cyprus houses are built or built, it's not the same way it was they built it before. They are, they are, 
some of them, are, I would say they are, um, what would I use, which word would I use? They are student focused, as in just build the house, student will stay it. Anyhow you do it, they will stay it. They don't have a choice. But if you, if you take old houses, you see that, for example, their kitchen is separate from the living room. But this one, kitchen, everything joined together. Uh, <laughs> it will not succeed in Africa, in some country like Nigeria, because when we use the red oil to fry and do everything, everywhere will be red. So, but that, that, that's the, the culture. And so, uh, we, we will need this as we go on into this teaching. You see, also, when you come to, I, I, today, I, I know today, I've received many messages, many messages, and said the tomb is empty. The tomb is not empty. And um, the choir sang, we dance on an empty grave. Yes, we dance on an empty grave. But the tomb is not empty. Now, when we say empty, or we, uh, let's, let's bring it back home. Uh, when we want to rent a house in Cyprus, they'll say fully furnished, not fully furnished. And so uh, an empty house in Cyprus will have the uh, settings, the building, it will be painted, uh, but you won't have furnitures in there. You won't have the refrigerators, you won't have the TV, you won't have the couch, the rugs, and the lights. But you will have certain things in the house. For example, the switchboard, uh, the connection ports, and the lights. Those things are there. But the house is stem an empty house. Am I right? Now, when, when you say the house is fully furnished, there will be chairs, table, maybe cutleries, and the likes. So you just come in. If you have some other things you want to get, fine. But then, th these are the two different things. So there is an empty house, then there is um, a furnished house. So now let's bring that context to this, this light that we've just shared from the table manor, from the uh, house rentage or whatever it is. Let's bring it back to the scripture we just read. And in doing so, we want to go to Salamis. Now, if you get to Salamis, um, you get to St. Barnabas, you will see Barnabas's tomb. Uh, in the tomb, it's like the normal uh, Jewish tomb, uh, an Hebrew tomb, or the tomb, the, the way they bury people in the old. Um, depends on who you are. Your tomb will be carved in in a certain manner. For example, if you, some family can just buy rock or a place and they cut every person in the families this is your own part like that so you can see four five six seven persons in that tomb but it's for the family uh, but for this case where jesus was buried it was a rich gentleman uh, some people say he's a pharisee also that got born again that accepted jesus christ and his tomb was designed for just himself. He was a rich man, so it's something special to him. So what we will see in the tomb, an empty tomb, is the slab and just everything empty. There's nothing in there. The stone will be there to close the tomb. So that's what we call an empty tomb. And so let's go down. Now, when we read the Synoptic Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, we will see I just took Matthew's account. We will see the detail in what Matthew Mark Luke wrote about the death, burial, and resurrection. And now we're looking at the resurrection part. Matthew just said the Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went there, they saw, and the angels told them story, and they ran away, and they went to tell the disciples, blah, that's all. The same thing Mark, the same thing Luke. But when it comes to John, John put a different twist into what 
he saw. Uh, the Bible says that the disciples whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John the Baptist, John the Beloved. Oh, sorry, John the Beloved. It's called John the Beloved. Now, he gave a different twist to this story. And that's where we got the tomb. The tomb is not empty. Uh, the reason why we needed this twist in this story is because in Matthew 28, let's read Matthew 28, that we've read before, verse 11. And when they were going, behold, some of the, some of the watch came to the city and showed unto the priest, the chief priest, all the things that were done. And when they had assembled with the elders they, and had taken counsel, they gave large money to the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. You see what they are saying? That Jesus didn't resurrect, but he was stolen. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and assure and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this thing is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. So from the Jewish perspective, it means that Jesus was stolen. And if we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke alone, we can follow suit to believe that Jesus was stolen. Yes, because uh, the tomb is empty. And if the tomb is empty, there were no evidence to prove that Jesus resurrected. Rather, he was stolen. But let's look at John's account. John 20. Let's look at John's account carefully. John said in verse 6, Then cometh Simon, no, let's start from verse 5, and he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet he not in. So is that tomb empty? No. There was something in there. There was a linen clothes in there, but there was nobody. There was no human being in there, but there was a sign that somebody was there. An empty house, no furniture, nothing. So when you see furniture, it's a different ballgame. And verse 9, verse uh, 7, and the napkin, no, let's start from verse 6, then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. So they saw something in there. And that's why we're going to the tomb. The tomb is not empty. The tomb is not empty because the tomb have evidence of his resurrection. If the tomb was, it was, if the tomb was empty, it means Jesus was stolen. But Jesus cannot be stolen and be said to be, have resurrected. Now, listen carefully. Listen carefully. When you go to steal, you take hurriedly. Now, let's look at John 11. John 11. John 11. John 11. John 11. John 11. Let's go. John 11, verse 38 or thereabout. Okay. Uh, verse 39. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. So the stone need an extra force. And Jesus said unto them, uh, verse 40, and Jesus said unto them, 
said I not to thee, if thou would believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and father and said, Father, I thank thee for thou hast heard me and I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by me, I say it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And then when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. Look at how they bury people. Bound hand and feet with grave clothes. And his face bound about with what? A napkin. Jesus said unto them, lose him and let him go. So when you bury in the old, they wrap them, put the napkin on the face. But what John said, what Matthew, Mark, Luke said, he said that the linen cloth was separate, the wrapping cloth was separate from the napkin. Somebody that is stealing and is running will not have that time to lose, untie, and put napkin separate and carry the person. Rather, he will have carried him just like that and ran away. The tomb... Jesus is not in the tomb. Jesus had gone. And John is telling us, there is a proof that Jesus did not just die and was stolen. Uh, the, 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 the Pharisees had already they come up with a lie that, oh, let's just say he was stolen. And everybody would have believed that he was stolen if not for the fact that Jesus left us a sign of his resurrection. The tomb does not have the body of Jesus, but the tomb had the evidence of his resurrection. Hallelujah, somebody. See, listen. If he was stolen, they would have stolen him in a hurry. They would have hurriedly taken him away. But they did not. John, John, John in John 11 tells us how an hurriedly taken person will be. Lazarus came forth with a napkin on his face and with a cloth wrapped and he ran, they, they, they went to help him. But if they had stolen this body, they would have gone with everything. They wouldn't have left any evidence that somebody was there. So the tomb might not have Jesus, but it has his evidence that he has resurrected. Hallelujah. Now, let's listen to this. You see, when Jesus was with his disciples, they had this mind that we had God with us. All of a sudden, their hope was dashed when he died. All of a sudden, in a twinkling of an eye, this guy was caught. Wow, this is the Savior. Even Peter said, no, I must fight for him. Maybe he's weak at this point. Let me cut somebody's ear, kill somebody. Let's fight Jack and Sean and let's set him free. But he said, no, I'm going to die. I will be coming back. Now, how did he tell them this? Um, uh, John, John needed this to prove, to believe that Jesus really is the Son of God. Uh, because John was already started fainting in heart. The first day is gone. The second day is gone. There was no evidence, nothing to prove. And now we are coming to the grave. Nobody to, maybe we would have seen him sitting down. Maybe we would have, but there was no evidence, no sign about that. And their heart was broken. But something, you see, growing up, growing up, I'll tell you one story. Growing up, don't tell my brother. I hope he comes in the summer, but don't tell him. Growing up, we used to have uh, what we do. Um, we all don't eat at the same time. We all have different eating patterns. But the food is there. Just go and eat. 
But there is something special about my dad's food. My dad's food is always many, even though he eats more like me. And the meat is always much. You understand? Those and so we have leftover. So we will first, informally, what we do is first to see him finish and enter the table, we eat everything. And so at the point also, we started another scheme. When he's coming back from work, the first person that sighted him, we shout, daddy food. We will not shout welcome, we shout daddy food. Meaning when he finished eating, what is left on the table is ours. Uh, so, so at a point, we, we got so used to it that people would say, no, I said it first. I told this person that. So there was one time, my younger sister, our last born, he said, I said it in my mind. <laughs> I said it in my mind. So in order for us to avoid confusion, so what we started doing was <laughs> we started saying, whoever, we, we created a roaster. Whoever eats his food, we wash all the dishes. And people were still interested. So my uncles, my cousin, my everything. So there was that that, that way we, we we handled our daddy's food. It's not it's not more like that again. But there was that way. Now bring that story back to the Jewish lifestyle. When a Jewish master wants to eat, there is what this uh, what my Yoruba families will say. There is what we call orishi rishi. That is assorted, it's always on the table. Uh, the servant will always prepare that dish in a nice way uh, that the master will like. And, but you see, when the servant prepares the food, <laughs> he must put everything, the kebab, the beef, the, everything will be on the table. But he doesn't forget to put his napkin. Why does he put the napkin? You see, in their culture and the tradition as they live, they, when the master is on the table eating, the servant cannot come there. And that's why you understand when David told Mephibosheth to come to the table and eat with me. It was something powerful. Mephibosheth was afraid that he was going to kill him because it's not possible. It doesn't just work that way. But he said, come. So when the master puts, when the food is put on the table, the servant doesn't really go to the table. But the master can stand up at any time and leave the table. But if the servant, by mistake, goes there to take the food away before he finishes eating, then he's in a big trouble. So how then does the servant know that the master is done? What the master does is, when they finish eating, they pick the napkin, cleans their hand, after maybe washing their hand, clean their hand, wipe their mouth. Um, if they are of the bed gang like us, they clean the bears and they do the napkin and they toss it on the table then the servant knows that it's time to clear the table. So, but when the master maybe stands up and is not done, he folds the, table, the napkin and put it at the side. So when the servant comes to the table and see that, he knows that the master is not done. He knows that the master, what that says to the, master, to the servant is, I am coming back. I am not yet done. I am coming back. In our modern days, you see how we set the cutleries. You put some, then you act them together. Some of them you put them separately. Some of them you form them. It depends on the culture. That's why I came from the beginning. It depends on the culture where you're coming from. So the, the Jewish, the Jewish um, way is you fold the napkin. Say, I'm coming back. I'm not yet done. Do you get that? Now let's go back to the grave. John chapter number. If you can give me message translation, I'll be happy. John chapter number 20. Is it possible? Eh? Ah, it's not going to be possible. All right. 
Look at what John chapter number 20, verse. You see, John gave two or three verses to what happened to that napkin. Look at it. It says, verse um, 5. And he, stooping down, looked in and saw the linen cloth lying, yet went he not in. Verse 6. Then came Simon, Peter, following him and went into the sepulchre. Say what again? See it, the linen cloth lie. The two of them, two verse now. The third verse, and the napkin that was about his head. Uh, I'll go back to message, but let me just finish verse 7 in King James. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Those of us that arrange our bed after we finish or wake, wake up. That, that, let's go from verse 5, message translation. Stooping in, he saw the, the, the piece of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloth lying there. Verse 7. And the napkin used to cover him, cover his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but separate. What did he do? Neatly folded by itself. So Jesus is telling the disciples, yes, on the cross I said it is finished. I've finished, I've paid everything that has to do with salvation. But until I resurrected, until I resurrect, that will not be effective. And so what did he do? He folded the napkin telling them, I am what? Coming back. When any other Jewish person comes into that place, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the uh, whatever high priest comes to that place and sees that symbol, he tells them that this person was not stolen, but this person left on his own accord. Jesus left the grave and made it empty on his own accord and tells us a story that I am coming back and I am coming back to save and to set you free. That gives us enough confidence to say that Jesus is no longer just the son of God, but he's the son of God in power and in glory. Acts chapter number 2 verse 36. Hallelujah. Acts chapter number 2 verse 36. And therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made him made that same Jesus whom thou hast crucified, but what Lord and Christ. And first Romans chapter number one, verse four. Romans chapter number one, verse four. That grave does not have the body of Jesus, but it has an evidence that Jesus has resurrected. Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, called unto God, called to be an apostle, separated unto the glory, unto the gospel of God, which had been promised afore uh, by his prophet in the Holy Scripture concerning the son, his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with what? With power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, that he has resurrected, gave him the power to become not just the son of God, but also the son of God with power. And we are joined head with a powerful God. We are joined head in Christ Jesus. Romans, or 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Quickly, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Ah, that gives us a guarantee that he resurrected, gives us a guarantee that we are not just uh, just of this hope. Verse 19. 
verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of, the, of them that slept. For since by man cometh death, by man cometh also the resurrection from the dead. For as Adam all died, also in Christ shall all be made alive. He guarantees us a resurrection. He guarantees us a future. Ah, we are no longer slave to sin. Hey, verse 17, it says, For if Christ has be risen, if Christ be not risen, your faith is vain, for ye are yet in sin. But we are no longer in sin anymore. We are justified, we are resurrected with him. Romans chapter number 4, verse 24. Romans chapter number 4, verse 24. But for us also, it says, but for us also, let's start from verse 23. Now it is written, for his sake, not for his sake alone, uh, but it all was imputed unto him. For us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our face and was risen again for our justification. The grave has evidence that we are justified. The grave has evidence that we are glorified. Ephesians chapter number two. Ephesians chapter number two. Rebagadaba shandereboshaha. Ephesians chapter number two. We will read from verse one. It says, Ye had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. I'm no more dead to trespasses and sin. I am resurrected with him. Wherein in time past ye walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. I am not a child of disobedience. Among whom also are we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh. Lust have no place in me. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. I do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Of the mind wherein by nature the children of wrath even, even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love towards us wherein he loved us even when we were dead in sin had quickened us together in Christ by grace are we saved and has risen us together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus I am no more in sin I'm no more sinful I'm no more a sinner I'm born again the resurrection the evidence of the resurrection makes me believe that I am born again official Romans chapter number four no number six verse four it says therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death that as Christ was risen from the dead by glory of the Father even we also we shall we also shall 
should walk in newness of life. I'm born again. I'm born again because he resurrected. The grave does not have his body, but the grave has the evidence that he resurrected. The grave cannot hold him. And the grave did not hold him. But the grave has an evidence. Oh, when we dance on an empty grave, we dance on an empty grave with an evidence that we are saved. First Corinthians chapter number one, chapter number ten. First Corinthians chapter number ten. First Corinthians chapter number ten. I'm excited in the spirit now. I'm excited because I know the grave may not have his his body, but the grave has the evidence that he resurrected. Anybody that says Christ did not die and resurrected is born is just a fool because Christ died. He resurrected. He left the grave, but left it with an evidence. Now, verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for an example. And they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the end of this world have come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed lest he fall. I'm standing in Christ Jesus. I am empowered. Ephesians chapter number one tells me that I'm empowered. Verse 19. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us or towards us? Us, us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead he took the power of God to raise him from the dead therefore it is not going to be fair to say that the grave is empty without evidence but the grave is empty with evidence that he has set me and we because I'm in Christ Jesus he sets him as his own at his own right hand in the heavenly places I'm in the heavenly places now this gives me assurance that I have everlasting life. John 11 verse 15. This gives me assurance that all Christ has said concerning me is true. Verse 4, verse 14. John 11, 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sake that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe Nevertheless, let us go unto him. John 3.16. Verse John 3.15. John 3.15. John 3.15. John 3.15. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into this world to condemn me, but that the world through him might be saved. I have eternal life. Christ died, was buried, and resurrected. That gives me eternal life. If the tomb was empty, then he was stolen. Then there is no hope in this faith that I have. But I have faith because he left an evidence. He says the napkin was neatly, I like the way message put it, it was neatly folded by itself. Normally the, all, the, the body has the clothes wrapped, everything, and the napkin put on top. But he says it was neatly folded. It means I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you. The second coming is real. If you've not received Christ, if you've not believed even in the first coming, the second coming is real. It's real. 
So when you say you dance on an empty grave, know that you dance on a grave that have an evidence. That grave has an evidence that you are saved. That grave have that an evidence that Christ has redeemed you from the cause of the law. That grave have an evidence that you have eternal life. That grave has an evidence that you are justified. You are justified. You cannot be condemned. If the grave was empty, oh my, my, we are of all men miserable to have belief in the first place that he is God. The grave is empty, but with an evidence that Christ has saved us, redeemed us from the cause of the law. If you feel your salvation experience is not something to fight for, then you have made a big mistake. It's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. There is all evidence you need. The Jews don't just take anything. Nothing written in scripture is of no effect. Matthew, Mark, Luke didn't just put it. But John knew that if the Jews did not see something to prove that he was he was dead, buried, and resurrected, they wouldn't believe. And gave John hope. He made him believe that Christ had died and resurrected. And he's giving you and I hope that Jesus has paid it all. Easter is not worth it without the resurrection. Christmas is not worth it without the resurrection. We don't just dance on an empty grave. We dance on a grave with an evidence. We dance on a grave with an evidence. I want you to, wherever you are, begin to appreciate God because the death barrier and resurrection was for you. 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 The death, burial, and resurrection was for you. Somebody give him praise. Thank him for the death, burial, and resurrection was for you. Yalaba shakata, zekalaba segaleba, zuzekalama seketalamash, masotolehen, nomosha dehalaka. That gives the blood of Jesus power to save. That gives the blood of Jesus power to protect. That gives the blood of Jesus power to sanctify. There is an evidence in the grave. There is an evidence in the grave. So when you dance on an empty grave, dance on an empty grave that has an evidence. Easter is not worth it if it does not assure you that you are saved. Easter is not worth it if it does not assure you that you have a glorious future, even here on earth and in the world to come. Easter is not worth it if eternity is not sure. We can dance on an empty grave because we have the evidence. <laughs> I'm writing my song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is an evidence. We have an evidence. 
No, we have an evidence. We dance on an empty grave. We dance on an empty grave. We have an evidence. We have evidence. Hallelujah. Please get your communion ready. Get your communion ready. Get your communion ready. Get our communion ready. Um, Exodus chapter number 12. Exodus chapter number 12. I'll read from verse 11. Um, after now, you can read from verse 1, but I'll read from verse 11. And it says, um, And thus shall ye eat with your loins guarded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat in a haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt by this night, and I will smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both male, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be for a token upon the house where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite or smite the Egyptian, or uh, when I smite Egypt. All right. Revelation chapter number twelve, verse eleven. It says, "And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life even to death." Hallelujah. As we go into the communion, we're taking the blood. And the body of Jesus, it's, it's for our exemption. This month, God has told us, is exempting us from every destruction, every challenge, every attack of the wicked one. We have been exempted. So the month of April is declared our month of exemption, divine exemption. Divine exemption. So as you take the communion, take it with an understanding. Now we understand that the grave is not empty. The grave gives, God's giving us evidence. Means that the blood of Jesus is powerful, still powerful, because he said the blood is for our redemption, for our justification, for our sanctification, for our glorification. So, so being you, as you take this today, take it with an understanding that you have been justified, you have been redeemed, and you are drawing a bloodline for you and your family that the wicked one will not come death will not come the enemy will not see you so you are exempted from every destruction you are exempted from every evil 
The only thing you will hear is testimony of good news, good reports in the name of Jesus. Jesus, um, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had eat, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is given for which is broken for you. This do you in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This is cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you read, you drink eat in remembrance of me for as often as you eat and drink you show the lost dead till he come so in the name of Jesus we'll be going to the communion together taking the blood and the body of our Lord Jesus Christ as a symbol of his death burial and resurrection for us giving us access to his divine nature giving us access to eternal life giving us access to life eternal, giving us access to his provision. It also serves for your finance, it serves for your academics, for your health, every aspect of your life. It says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So it's his desire that you prosper also. So as we take the communion together, I want you to understand that Jesus has paid it all for you. Father, we fuse this as the body of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. We take it in honor of all you have done for us. And we, as we celebrate Easter, we celebrate it in the newness of life. Thank you because the grave, though it's empty of a human body, has evidence that you have resurrected. We believe and we trust that you should have done. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. After the same... Um, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it. So we can take and eat. And after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we fuse this as the blood of Jesus. We ask that as we take it. We take it in understanding that all you've done for us is ours and we take full possession of it and we declare that this is the blood of exemption exempting us from every evil exempting us from every evil report the enemy will not see us and we shake the heavens and we put our name in the heart of each and every every of our every member everyone that is supposed to be of help to us we put our name in their hearts and they remember us to be a blessing. Every member of the fellowship, every member of the body of Christ, on this island, we take the blood on your behalf and we ask in the name of Jesus, the bloodline is drawn, the evil will not see you. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Kaliando 
In Jesus' name we pray. I pray for anyone whose parent, sibling is in the hospital having health challenge. I ask that the healing power by the blood goes now to heal, to make adjustment and correction when needs be in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for healing by the blood. Thank you for divine healing by the blood. Thank you for divine healing. Thank you for divine provision. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah.